When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. Welcome back, everybody. This is the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, and I'm so excited about an amazing guest that I have here today. We already hit it off on the phone, so I know this is going to be such a great interview. Thank you so much for being here today, Nikita. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, I am honored. And we did have a fantastic conversation. We should have recorded that one right. when we were talking. <laughs> I was thinking that too. And I wanted to jump in by, you know, just letting yourself introduce yourself and tell us more about you. And, you know, we're both from Philadelphia. So I'm so excited that our listeners are getting like the whole Philly, you know, moment today. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I don't know if they can handle it. We'll see. Very <laughs> can, true. Right. What's, what's the old movie? Can you? can handle the truth. Like, let's see where we go with that. <laughs> um, so thank you for hosting me again. I'm Nikita Rinthigpen for everyone who is brand new to me, but not new to the show. If you are new to the show, make sure that you are subscribing and getting all of Caitlin's notifications for the End in Mind podcast. Uh, what I do in the world is my husband and I own a global personal development company where we activate power couples, married women entrepreneurs, and a few bold leaders who are all ready to recalibrate themselves and own their right to be intentionally selfish so they can amplify intimacy and live in that space of and, A-N-D, fully, like truly live their best lives and not just be in hustle mold and busy and booked and all of that, but not actually able to enjoy all that they work so hard for. 
I love what you guys do because it's so needed. Like right now, which I shared with you on our call, like doing a lot of coaching and work. And this morning, what came up is like a lot of my money mindset. And it's so funny when you start a business and you can't reap the benefit. Can you tell us more about what that's like when you work with someone and how do they react? Because I think sometimes when I'm in it, I don't even know that I'm living in scarcity, you know? Yeah. A lot of times when we're on that autopilot, that wrote script from our earlier years. I know people are overhearing about inner child and when you were young and what your parents may or may not have done. But the reality is we are infallible people in our minds, but we're not actually infallible. We make a lot of mistakes and we grow up hopefully with the intention of doing well by others. But sometimes the doing well is based on that script of what we thought doing well looked like. So sometimes we just don't catch it unless we're on the other end of the extreme where you you know when you're being bad, right? Like, you know, when you're doing something very mischievous or just unhelpful to everyone else. And that is definitely not the kind of selfish that I'm talking about. That is the old world Webster dictionary definition of it, which is really outdated and patriarchal and rooted in literally limiting women specifically. That's what it, where it came from. So I've redefined the word selfish itself, which is why I put intentionally in front of it to a personal intimate gift where you create your joy your way. And that is giving yourself the gift of spaciousness, being able to create boundaries around yourself. So you can say, wait a minute, what is going on with me? What is my mindset? I thought I was on the right road, but I'm hitting so many barriers or challenges or things are just moving incrementally in inches to the point that I know something is out of whack because I'm brilliant. I'm beautiful. I'm grounded. I'm all these wonderful attributes of myself. So why is my business or my career or my love life, you know, you know, dot, 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 all the things, why is it not going in the right direction? When you're intentionally selfish, you give yourself that spaciousness to have that conversation inside. You actually get to quiet down the world and say, I need a moment. And for some people that looks like disconnecting from social media altogether, for some people that means not being on it in a rabbit hole for four hours a day, and they just cut it in half or limit it to 10 minutes or something. And by doing so, now you have that time to meditate to pray, to listen to what's going on with your body. If you're a listener who's hearing this today um, on Caitlin's podcast and you have anxiety attacks or panic attacks, which are different, feel similar, but they're different. And if that's happening in your body, being intentionally selfish gives yourself that space where you can say, wait a minute, let me listen to my heart. Let me feel my belly. Let me see where this anxiety is rooted in. Is it coming from the the base of my feet when I'm walking in a room full of other people? Maybe I've never considered myself to be introverted and, you know, shy on a, a whole nother level, but actually now that I don't have, you know, schools to hide under or monikers of other people's organizations to say that I work for, now that I'm working for myself and doing my own business, and if someone doesn't like this business, I take that personal. Where if someone didn't like the business I work for, like, yeah, child, me neither. Like, I get it. <laughs> right? Totally. I love right? that. 
I love how you said that because I think that that's a perfect, like another question to ask you is with the personal business. I know in my experience, it's so hard to take negative feedback. Like, especially if you're struggling with anxiety or maybe dealing with grief or going through something in your outside life. And how do you help your clients or explain to them? Like, just because it's going on externally, doesn't mean that you have to feel it internally, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, Honestly, it's acknowledging. So um, I don't know for anyone who has listened to, hopefully you do, because she's dope 100%. Erica Baidu is a singer, rapper, artist, producer, all kinds of different things. And way back in the day when I was in my undergraduate years, I would not date myself. So (laughs) that part. But way back in the day, I remember listening to one of, I don't know if it was just a song or if it was an interview after a song or whatever, but she said something that stayed with me and all entrepreneurs, regardless of whether or not you qualify yourself as creative in the traditional self, you're creating something when you're creating a business. And she said, I'm a creative and I'm sensitive about my shit. Love that. Right. And just knowing that when you created something for yourself, uh, a company, a product, a service that you intentionally are doing to leave an impact in this world and help other people in whatever way that you're doing it. And then someone comes along maybe knowing the industry, maybe not knowing the industry, which feels even worse when they really don't know the industry, right? Because they don't know all (laughs) that goes behind it that you put into it. But when they do or don't know it and they make a comment that's not constructive feedback, you sh- everyone should be able to receive constructive feedback because it does make us better. It's awkward and it can be uncomfortable, but we do need to internalize that because if we're resisting it, then we're resisting our own progress mm-hmm. at the end of it. But let's just assume to your example, someone is just plain old negative. It is difficult to not to be like, what? Protective mama mode. My baby is my business. What do you mean that you don't like the color, the brand, the shape, the logo, the 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 way that I used my voice and how I related the brand to you, which you know they call copy and all of it? What do you mean? It is very difficult. So when that comes up, and it does, especially for a lot of our power couples, are very well known influencers in their industry, and unfortunately, everything they say and every way they breathe can be you know ostracized and you know. T- taken apart in so many ways, what we do is we flip it on his head. Mm. What does it mean for someone else who's outside of you in your creative space, outside of your board of advisors, which you've handpicked and attracted to you, and you trust these people to give you guidance, whatever your board of advisors look like for some people that's coaches, therapists, mentors, maybe curriculum designers, like whoever those people are in the the back of you for in the very beginning of your business, that might be your BFF that you really trust to share the, the good, the bad, the ugly and everything in between. But outside of those people who you want to hear all the things from, if someone outside of you, and I'm not talking about your client, I'll get to that in a minute, but a non-client person is saying negative things about your brand. What you do is you flip it around. You say, thank you. Thank you. Because what they want is to incite you. They want to knock you off your square. They want to make you doubt yourself because they're looking at all the things you're doing and they're not doing it themselves, right? They're, they're not in your grind. They're not. And I don't like hustle culture. I'm, I'm not about that as a balance and relationship advisor. I understand it. That's where I came from. And it did more damage than it did good. 
It was a lot of busyness that did not serve me in my personal development journey, my growth journey. And it definitely didn't help my pockets either, if we were to be honest about that. So assuming that those people are just coming out of left field and saying what they say, you literally say, thank you. Thank you for letting me know who you are moving on. And if it's social media, we have the benefit of blocking. If it's in, right. If it's in person, um, you can't necessarily tap a button and say, okay, blocked and unfollow and mute and and all the things, but you can do that internally. Mm. Okay. Conversation over. I realize what's happening here. I realize that this person, not that you need to have that explanatory conversation out loud with anyone, but in your head, I realize what's happening here. They're trying to pull me into self-doubt. And once you are doubting yourself, that's where the true failure happens and not the failure that helps you grow, the failure that holds you back. Because failure isn't a bad thing. Failure can be so helpful with helping you see where not to go. Mm-hmm. where to retool or to modify so that when you're ready to go to that next level, you're not just prepared, you're confident and acknowledging that you are ready for it instead of hoping and wishing and dreaming because hopium kills people, right? Just like opium kills people, so does hopium. And we want you to be confident and really own it. So when that comes up for clients, that's usually where I instruct them is flip it on his head and let's reverse it, period. If it is a client, who is giving you negative feedback. That is something that you want to really take a step back and look at. One, was this a client that I accepted without vetting because I was leading from a space of scarcity and desperation when I took them in the first place, right? Yeah. Right, especially in the beginning of our business when we're just like, I want clients, I want to build a portfolio, I need testimonials, success stories, case studies, all you know, all the things. And we just start accepting anyone, but not necessarily people who really have bought into the vision of what we're doing, not necessarily people that we truly want to play with. So when I look at work, I look at play. Who do I want to play with? I don't want to work with slash play with someone who's coming just to analyze how I'm doing something. Cause I know my way is very untraditional. I'm a healer. I'm a clinician. I'm a coach. I'm an advisor. I'm a metaphysician. There's so many layers to me that go into how I show up and serve and help other people transform and co-create these paradigm shifts for themselves and trickled and rippled down to their businesses and other generations after them. I know that that's not a normal way of being. And I fully own that. And the success speaks for itself. So if I am accepting someone who is just able to pay me the dollar, but not necessarily someone I want to vibe with, I'm going to hate every time I look at their name pop up on my calendar, every time I have to get ready for a phone call or whatever, a discovery call, whatever it is I need to do with them. And I'm not going to show up as my best self. So knowing that makes you want to look at how is scarcity holding you back? How is it limiting your progress? How is it keeping you from really moving forward and dominating in your industry? I am obsessed with everything that you said. I feel like it's meant to be. I needed to hear that, you know, like scarcity, especially we can say all these stories, you know, like there's so many storylines right now, whether it's inflation, family stuff, and it's hard to sometimes drop the stories. But when you do and you accept that this is really what it is, it's scarcity. There's also like a really relieving moment, you know, it's, it's like fixable. 
you know? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything is really fixable. Truly. I love that. That might be the title of our episode. (laughs) Everything is fixable. And can you expand a little bit more where you were talking about the anti-hustle culture? I love how you touched on that. And I'm a huge advocate for anti-hustle culture too. So I'd love to just get your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. Caitlin, you know, as someone who's also on their personal development growth journey, as we all should be, especially when we're leaders in the industry, you know that being in a space where you're, and let me back up, having spinning plates is totally normal, right? Like most of us have multifaceted relationships in many different ways. We may be, I'm I'm the oldest of five siblings. I'm also a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a grandma, which we call G-Bunny, you know, right? Like I have all these other hats, which they all have their own little saucers. Some are bigger plates. And sometimes there might be lots of things happening with each of those plates to the point we feel like we're spinning, right? Like we're like managing these spinning plates. Like we're some kind of... <laughs> beautiful gymnastic acrobat. Yes, and I can relate. Right. <laughs> and, and I think most of the listeners do can, right? Like it's just normal student life, like all of it. Like you could just, you can see it. That's not necessarily horrible. And some people vibe off of it. They're like, yeah, like I love the fact that I can spend the plates. If I had to sit on a beach all day, I would lose my mind. <laughs> like I, that would not be okay. And for other people, it's like, oh, I can't wait to sit on the beach for eight hours and let the sun just kiss my skin and and call it a day. So it really is based off of of who you are and what you want, but just know why you're doing it. If you are keeping yourself so full of plates, like you got your your baby pinky toe, got a plate on it, your index finger, you know, right? Like if you're spinning plates all over your limbs and all over your phalanges, ask yourself, why are you doing it? Because being busy keeps you from looking at yourself, from listening to yourself, from dealing with whatever hurt, pain, shame, guilt, resentment, whatever was underneath of there from littlest all the way up to the biggest part of yourself talking about your your age. If there's anything that you've just been avoiding, then spinning those plates is actually not helpful because all it's doing is, is having you hide from the biggest blessing that you could ever receive, which is you being aware of how much power you have and you being able to use it in the most beautiful way possible in your purpose. It's keeping you from that. Most people who are living and walking in their truest purpose, not the surface edges of the passionate parts of them that look good, feel good for moments, right? I'm talking at the core, I was created and designed to do this. They are not booked and busy. They are living in a state of bliss with their schedule. They have enough white space for them, not how much white space on their calendar Nikita wants, not how much downtime, or maybe they don't want to take six weeks off locations and winter solstice summers and, you know, all of that. Maybe that's not what's in their vibe, but they are moving according to what literally fills and fuels them and gives them the energy. But when we are in a space of hiding from ourselves because we don't have the capacity to do the personal development work, which is icky and messy and sticky and makes you look at all of your flaws in every crevice of a dark corner that you didn't even know you had. You thought, you're like, I cleaned this room. I dealt with this, you know, relationship issue with my friends. I dealt with people pleasing. I dealt with perfectionism. I dealt with, oh no, what is this imposter syndrome in this corner? I thought I handled that. Oh no, what is this? 
I let this person in and didn't use my discernment. And now they're sucking my energy dry, like a vampire or energy zapper. Sometimes those little dust balls that we sweep under the corners by being booked and busy, by having more spinning plates than we actually do align with, but we're doing it because we don't hide. It's keeping us from our biggest blessing, which is ourselves at the end of the day. So the hustle culture that I think, you know, that you sleep when you die. Yeah. Don't sleep. And you will definitely speed up that death. That, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> true. Like us being up here on the East coast too, it's so fast paced and, you know, it's weird, but I think that giving space through the pandemic, like started to click some lights for people. I know it did for me, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that because we were always on to the next thing, like Sean and I talk about how full our days used to be, you know, mm-hmm. like when we used to live at my mom's house, it's actually infuriating when you think about it, you right. know, like, yeah. Cause you look at all that time, like, why did I give such precious time to yeah. all of those things? And maybe to some of those people that, that didn't earn it, which yeah. is a whole nother conversation. Exactly. But I love that you mentioned that, you know, like how can we, how can our listeners learn to navigate some of those energy suckers, you know, you might call them. Um, Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I have a formula for balance. I know people think work-life balance is a myth. They have a, a challenge with the word balance because of the semantics of it. They're picturing a scale, you know, everything's 50, 50. I don't vibe with that at all. And I'm often, as you know, from our previous conversations, I will redefine or make up a new word in a heartbeat. I love it. Listen, like, why not? Um, <laughs> like, why not? Totally. And so, right. So I created a formula for how I describe what balance or work life and love balance specifically means for me. And that is admitting the truth of what I really want in the world, not what I need. Needs are understood. You need shelter. You need security. You need safety, right? Like needs are understood. But what I really want in this world over the boundaries that I'm willing to create so I can achieve that reality as my truth. For example, if I say my truth is I want to be a mogul in the mirror industry. I want to be known or I want our company to be known for making the best, most stable, break-free mirrors, if that's a thing. If it's not, somebody go run with that. (laughs) You know, mirrors in existence, right? The mirrors that just won't break and they look beautiful and not cheap or, you know, any flimsy or any of those things. If that's what I'm saying, I want to be a mogul in this industry. Well, obviously that's going to require some research and development. It's going to require me shaking hands and kissing babies with the right people in the industry to make sure I get access to the right technology, all of that. I need time for that. I need energy for that internal resource energy that's confident and self-esteem assured, all of it. I also need time to have connection with those people on that level versus being flooded with a bunch of busy conversations. So I can't sit on the phone with my favorite cousin for two hours every day talking about the same thing we've been talking about since we were 15 because it makes him or her feel better because that's taking time away. I love my cousin, my sister, my brother, you know, put X person in that spot. I love that person. I want to be here for that person. I can be here for that person, but it has to be in alignment with how I'm going after my truth. So I have five different boundary zones under that B. So it's T for your truth over B, T over B. 
the B stands for boundaries. And those boundaries, like all good formulas, has like little parentheses and a square and all that in there. And it basically involves the five areas. One of those areas is your energy management capacity, managing your energy. And what that looks like is looking at, just going a little bit deeper on that one point, it's looking at who is in your estate, your proximity estate. So look at your life, your heart, your being, your energy as an estate. There's a big, if you're not familiar with estates, you can think of any movie that you've ever seen one. There's usually a long winding road up to a gate. And once you get through the gate, there's a bunch of grass or pretty garden that you got to get through. So some more road to get to the parking lot. And after the parking lot, however big that is, then we get to the stairs that lead to the door into the estate. Too many of us, we meet someone and we're like, oh, we vibe. We're sisters from another mother, you know, brothers from another cousin or whatever the case is that we say to ourselves, these little cheeky colloquial terms. And we meet someone at the airport, on a train, at a conference, at an event, at a luncheon, on a Zoom. And we're like, oh, come on into my house. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They didn't go. They didn't earn it. They didn't go up the road to the gate, across the grass, into the parking lot. They didn't earn their right to be there. So some of it we have to take ownership for because we let people, and I'm first partaker of this, my mother in love would tease me when I was younger. I would meet someone on the subway. She's like, you know, their name, their middle name, their social security number, you know, all, everything about their life. And they probably know yours too. And, you know, minus the logistics of social security numbers, she was right. I was just giving, wow. right? All of it away. And then wondering, how did I get hurt in this relationship? You mm-hmm. didn't even know them. They didn't, they didn't even have time to really show you who they were Mm -hmm. and their core, their surface level self was able to give you what you needed to be charmed Mm -hmm. and feel good. And I'm not talking about the super manipulative people who target you, the narcissist. I'm not talking about the people who are targeting you. Um, That's a whole different conversation. But for the people who genuinely are nice, which I don't vibe with that term because I think nice is very superficial and it's very empty. We're nice to strangers. We're nice to homeless people. We're nice to the weird uncle. We're, we're nice, right? <laughs> totally. we're, yeah. right? Like we're nice because we're taught, especially as females, we are taught to be nice. But kindness has wisdom. Mm. kindness has discernment kindness has boundaries yeah i have you know what i mean right and it's we should not aspire in my opinion to be nice but shaking the nice so we can be kind and more authentic Mm. being able to meet with someone and have a good conversation but not take them home as your best friend so to speak right like oh you know girl oh this was amazing we should catch up we should do dinner Okay, let's let's revisit this. I'll be back around in about two months. How about that? Can they wait for you? Can they deal with the fact that you're not giving them immediate access, that you're not trading cell phone numbers? And, you know, maybe phone numbers is, is a silly one, but you're not necessarily giving them your address. You're not saying, yes, let's get together tomorrow. And I just met you today. They didn't earn that. Did, did your cousin, your favorite cousin probably can't get on your schedule tomorrow? Why does this new person 
get to get jump ahead to the steps of your house. And for some people, the boundaries are so loosey-goosey that they let them into their inner room at the seat of their table where those board of advisors are. And now they have access to all kinds of parts of your heart, your business, your, your acumen. And all they did was pay for a $5 coffee or for a sandwich. And they just got all the secrets of your world from you. And you're trying to figure out why can't I trust people? Mm. Part of it is because we let people jump all of those steps. Understanding where people positions are and you assigning, you know, I won't tell anyone how to make those assignments, but you saying to yourself, you know what? My parking lot people are the people that I have really good fun with. We, if I want to go to a party, I want to turn up. I'm gonna call somebody in my parking lot. Like we gonna turn up. If I want to have a conversation about something difficult happening in my relationship, mm-hmm. uh, not even necessarily my with my forever lover, maybe with my mom. Maybe I'm really struggling with my sister. Maybe I'm, you know, pissed at someone. I'm a parent, and I'm like, oh, these kids, right? Like maybe I want to have a more private mm-hmm. conversation. They have to be at least in the kitchen of your estate. Because as women, we know the real conversations happen in the kitchen, right? Oh, like that, that's when we be like, come in here, girl. Let me tell you about what he did. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you. And for the most part, the people who get access to your kitchen of your emotional estate are people that you trust and aren't waiting to jump on a phone and say, you, you know what Kaylin said? You know what's going on with the kid? Like usually they're not those people, but the parking lot people, they're fun. They're great conversationalists. They might've poured their heart out to you, but you, a dog that brings a bone is taking a bone. They are waiting for you to share something with them so they can tell it to their BFF and their BFF tells their other BFF. And before you know what you like, why does the world know about my most intimate personal challenges in my business, in my love life, in my body, my health? Like, why do all these people know it? And then we'll convince ourselves that it's okay. You know what? It's fine. I probably just needed to share. I shared it because I needed to. No, you shared it because that earlier script told you as a people pleaser that you should because someone else was giving. So you had to match them. No, you don't. Not when you're kind. When you're kind, you say, I hear you. Thank you for being vulnerable. I appreciate that. Is there any other way I can support you? Well, do you have any, you know, Nikita, have you ever experienced that? I understand what you're going through, period. I don't have to tell you my backstory unless I really want to, but right. feeling needing to do it is that niceness that gets us trapped. And the vampires use that like blood. It, it's fresh cuts all over your body when you feel like you need to be nice enough to just give it all away. And they are sucking you dry and you'll have nothing left and they'll move on to the next human. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love the analogy and it makes so much sense. I'm like now thinking back, like, when have I done this? You know, Me too. <laughs> totally. Me too. Right. Like, and again, like that's normal or whatever. We're mm-hmm. navigating these situations, you know, mm-hmm. as the perfectionist people pleaser. It's also like, how can I be the best people pleaser? Like until you gain the awareness around what's actually happening internally. At least for me, that's exactly how it was. It was like, how can I be there for everybody mm-hmm. at one time? And I'm, in the meantime, I'm completely neglecting myself. So how can I even be there for them? You know, right. you had nothing left in your emotional tank to give, but you were like, sure, stick a straw in me. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I've, did, I've done it too. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And it's so, it's so rewarding to hear you say that and also explain it the way that you did. It's like, 
wow, it's really eye-opening for me. I feel the parking lot people too, you know? Like I'm like, at times I used to be that as well, especially in college, you know? Yes. Definitely be that person and Mm -hmm. not a good look. Like, thank goodness I'm not that anymore. But yeah, it's all about that growth, you know, Mm -hmm. and allowing, allowing yourself, I guess, to kind of keep that boundary and Mm -hmm. own it, you know, and you don't absolutely. I love that. That. Yeah, because the, your boundaries are meant to be expansive, right? They're not meant to just gate people out. That estate, which is why I use that, is because look at all that you've amassed. And mm. I'm giving a visual that's very materialistic because you know people like to see the beauty, the luxury, the, the glam of it. But I'm talking about you. You are the estate. You are the prize. You are the luxury, like all of it inside. So when we look at the expansiveness of like what it means to protect us from not just the, you know, people like we were talking about earlier that are intentionally targeting you to be malicious and manipulative, you know, again, that's a whole nother conversation, but for the people who unintentionally have just been used to having their entitled needs fulfilled. And for you, for them, you're just another person to serve them in whatever way that they need to be served. You know what? I usually have someone that makes me laugh. Someone that is my ride or die to, you know, be aggressive with me. If something is going on and someone is coming at me for something, someone that's always going to take care of a bill for me, someone like you're just fitting in for whatever they need to supply them. And a lot of people don't even know that they're doing it. They, they don't even catch it because they're not used to reciprocity. They're not used to giving. Their giving is usually, that, oh yeah, I just sucked all this blood from Caitlin. I got a little left over. Here you go. <laughs> little treat for you. You feel good? They didn't give from themselves. They gave from the energy of someone else that they stole it from and made you feel like they were doing this big favor for you. And now you feel beholden to them. And that shows up in specifically for the entrepreneurs that are listening in the earlier stages of your business. That feels like when people reach out and say, Hey, Nikita, I was looking at your Instagram and I was in love with ABC XYZ that you said, and I would love for you to be a part of this blah, blah, blah conference, this event, this workshop, this panel, you know, put X in in the box, right? I would love for you to do it. And you're like, oh, yes. Okay. Here you go. You get on the phone with them, Zoom, whatever. You have a conversation and you get to the meet. Okay. So what does this look like monetarily? Because you just asked me to do this hoop and that hoop and give you this slide and have this technology request and share it on my page with my five followers here and my 10 followers there, you know, doesn't matter what you got and to, you know, sell 10 tickets and you asked me to do all these things. So what is the investment into me? Oh, Nikita, well, you know exposure. You'll be in front of a hundred plus people and you never know where things can go. So in the beginning, you do it because again, scarcity mindset, wanting to build portfolio, you flipped it around in your mind. Oh, well, I got to give because giving is the way like, right? Like we've fallen all into it because we're not using the kindness of our wisdom and our discernment and our ba- our expansive boundaries to make sure that that estate doesn't turn into a hut <laughs> because wow. it's shriveled down <laughs> to, to not having anything, right? So we say yes, and we do all the things and we show up and we do all the things. And there's a, they got 50 of us doing all that. Heck, you might even had to pay to be the speaker at this event that's supposed to give you exposure and you 
you finish it, you felt really good about what you did. And you're like, not one of those people are people I even want to work with. Yeah. Not one of these people are people that even make sense for me to work with. Mm -hmm. Not one of these people have a way to follow up with me because Mm -hmm. of the minimized requirements that were provided for me when they said no pitching from the stage, no selling, right? Like all the, all the restrictions that they'll put on you. And at the same time, you felt beholden to complete this beholden to show up. Now here they were vampiring from other people's energy, those other 50 speakers, because everybody paid their, I don't know, $300. You do the math, $300 times 50 other speakers, plus the tickets that they got in and they couldn't pay you your transportation, your mileage, your hotel for the night, because you had to come in two nights early because they were giving a speaker's dinner for all the speakers, which meant you had to come in early. You had to stay an extra night for the hotel. All this energy and resource is going out of you so that you can be privileged with the opportunity to speak on a stage of people that you don't even know are your people and all of it. That's that niceness that allows those vampires to come in really fast. The kind version of you would, yes, you might have four to maybe eight pro bono events that you do, but you vet it. You've asked the right questions. Who's in the room? Do we have access? Do we get their email addresses? Uh, is there a way to communicate? Can I have a, a table in the back to show my my MVP of my product or whatever, your books, your t-shirts, what, whatever it is that you want to do? Am I able to do that? Is there a speaker's dinner where I can network with the other speakers? Like, what am I able to leverage and exchange from this besides exposure? Because exposure does not pay my electric bill. Exposure is not buying the the air ticket, the train ticket, the parking ticket, the parking lot fee, the coffee money, whatever it is that you had to pay for that. And those things add up when you are in the beginning of your business and you still have money coming in, maybe from savings you did in your previous career, you know, or your current career, if you're doing both of those things, it may not feel, oh, you know what? I can drop a hundred dollars here, $50 there. It adds up fast. And before you know it, it's $20,000, $50,000, $100,000. And you're still trying to figure out why am I not attracting the right clients? Why am I not building my business? Why is my love life falling apart? Because I'm so stressed on trying to be here and do all the things for all the people, but I have no energy in the tank for myself. Yes. Oh my gosh. I Love the explanation that you gave because this happens to entrepreneurs, especially aspiring entrepreneurs. I remember I was like, pitch this book deal or something like the first month. And it's like, you have to pay to be in the book. Very similar situation. And, you know, at the time it is exciting. It's an opportunity. Of course you need exposure. You're growing Mm -hmm. your audience, Mm -hmm. but there's probably a better way to do it, you know? Yeah, it's the pun intended here. It's the balance and you having boundaries and non-negotiables, but you also having a system in place. I believe systems and thick thighs save lives. So (laughs) over those things are really, really helpful Um, and across all cultures, by the way. So totally thighs and some systems, honey, you can can take over the world. (laughs) I will say One of the things that helped me the most along my journey as an entrepreneur is when I started using IAC as my markers. So IAC for me is, you know, I'm always doing all kinds of formulas and all all things as a polymath, but it is, am I interested? 
That's the first question. And I have to be able to, from my gut, yes or not, just not justifying it. Oh, well, my girlfriend, Caitlin told me, and I really like Caitlin. So I want to quick question, Nikita, are you interested? Yes or no? If it's a yes, move forward. Are you aligned with this? Is it aligned with your mission of where you're going? And it might be your high level mission, not maybe your smaller goal missions, but is there alignment with whatever they're asking you to do? Are you trying to fit yourself into someone else's box for the exposure, for the dollar, for whatever it is that you're going after? Or is it truly aligned? Yes, move on. Do I have capacity? Mm, Love that. Because you may be interested and it may be aligned, but if you're in the middle of a big project or you got those spinning plates and you're about to have to pull out your pinky toe just to hold up, you know, one then you're, you don't have capacity, which is going to make you resent your yes. And that is out of alignment universally, mm-hmm. energetically, what, what is going to help you attract more of it? Because what's going to happen is the universe is going to hear the tension in that yes, as a non-committed yes. Yeah, she said yes, but I don't think she's ready for more of that yet. Mm-hmm. And you really, if you really want it more because you, it, you are interested in your art line, but you're giving these mixed signals. So yeah. if you don't have capacity, defer it. You know what? Thank you, Caitlin, for inviting me to that big summit that you're putting on. Girl, I will support you by sharing this on my page with other people. Those two or three other people I can think of that probably could do it. I'm going to share it with them, but I am not available this time around. Let me know next quarter when you're doing it again or next year, whatever it is, if, and when you do it, happy to support you, but I can't, I can't support you this way. Cause I'm at capacity and being able to say that I literally, I wish I still had it. I might somewhere in here, but of course I wasn't thinking about bringing it. I had an index card that I would pull up for one of my <laughs> um, East coast clients that literally said, hashtag I'm at capacity. So that she would remember when she was going to spend during one of our private advisory sessions and I got to do this and I got to do this. And it's like, hold it up. I'm at capacity. And it would just make her take a deep breath. Yes, you're right. I am at capacity. So this gives me full permission to say, no, thank you. Not now, or maybe not ever but being able to say that. And of course, if you say you're not interested, it's no reason to go further into the A or the C. If you're interested, but you can't really find alignment, ask yourself, why are you interested? Is it scarcity that's pulling you back here? Is it a mindset moment that you're having challenges with? Or are you interested at your core level because you know this is actually more in alignment with what you want to do, but that's not what you wrote down in your vision and mission statement when you were playing small when you did it. So the interested part is a check-in with yourself. Like, oh, wow, this is actually, they're talking about creating a magazine and I have a personal development company. I never even saw a magazine. Why am I so interested in that? Hmm. Maybe there is a multimedia or omnimedia opportunity here for my bigger vision that I just couldn't see. So being mindful to check in with yourself and kind of go from there. I hope that IAC was helpful for all of the listeners as well. I absolutely think it will. I've been like taking notes all the time. I love what you said, because it's so, like I said, it's just so in alignment that you and I met when we did like my management side of my business is completely changing. You know, um, I realized that exactly like what you said, I was playing small mm-hmm. and I didn't believe in myself enough to be a coach, you know, yeah. and yeah. a lot comes up when you make that transition. It's the imposter syndrome, exactly how you were saying, like the dust bunnies yes. under the carpet 
carpet that I swept under for like so many years. And Mm -hmm. now that I'm unpacking it at 26, it, it does kind of make me think like, oh, if I do it now, you Mm -hmm. know, imagine what can come like a year from now. And when I was creating out of scarcity, I still created a lot, you know? Yes. Yes. It's like, how much more can we create when we create from this place of abundance and space and awareness, you know, I love what you said. Um, the IAC is perfect. And I definitely struggle with the capacity piece too, because as an aspiring entrepreneur, you fill your plate. So, and I think exactly what you said earlier as well, holding that peaceful moment Mm -hmm. is really where I find the most clients end up reaching out anyhow. Absolutely. You're literally, that's such a good point. You're you've like opened the window, like the window was it's there. You can see through it, which is part of the hopium that we have as entrepreneurs. Like, Oh yeah, so much opportunity possibility. And the window is slightly cracked, which might be that slow bit of extra oxygen that's coming in, that's feeding the opium. But what if it was all the way open and doing less, but strategically is how you open the window because doing less. Now you can put those energetic resources into your biceps. So you can now pull the window open and let whatever is going to flow in, flow in. And I, I say that very deliberately, because I know there's a lot of people who are listening there just like, I just got to manifest. I have to sit in a meditation pretzel position and everything will come to me. You do need the muscle, right? Like you need to be able to have the energy stores go to where it needs to be in your body. So you can lift up the window. So that does look like being coached, having mentors, having advisors to help you, you know, get the dream out of your head and put a plan behind it and some strategy with actual implementation and not just, well, I had the dream. My plan is for it to be successful. And there it is. <laughs> like that's right. not how that works. But once you know that it's, it can be as simple as having one, somewhere between one and three avenues of mm-hmm. being able to pull this window up, which might look like depending on the type of business that people have, if it's a service business, it is important for people to get to know you on some level. That is the reality. And they can get to know you. It doesn't have to be a bunch of Facebook live streams and Instagram stories. They can get to know you by you having one 30 to 45 minute conversation that you record. And then that's what you share. And anytime someone says, oh, I would love to know more about your business, more about you, but you're not quite sure that they're ready to come into your gated area and have that proximity access to you and your time. You can say, you know what, here's a podcast that I did on the end in mind. And it was fantastic. Listen to it and let me know your favorite takeaway. I would love to know what you thought about when we were talking about IAC. And of course, no one who's ever heard that podcast will be like, what are you talking about? So that means you have to listen to the podcast. You had to get to at least a half an hour into it to hear what I meant by IAC, which makes me know that you at least attempted to skim (laughs) to some of it to get to know me before I open up my space to you. Mm -hmm. And that limits your running around in Russian too. So podcasts are great ways to slow yourself down because you get to have beautiful conversations like what Caitlin and I are having, which feels like we're sitting in the kitchen, just chatting, you know? Um, And that makes it easy, breezy, effortless, but then strategically, you can use that episode 
you can use that conversation to share it. You can put it at the bottom of your email signature. You can put it in your bio link of whatever platforms you use, and you can direct people to get to know you in that one conversation, at least at the the beginning of the gate level. And then obviously go from there to see, you know, do I want to let, do I want to have coffee with them, which is the parking lot. Parking lot is like tea and coffee conversation. How many of those moments do we need in the parking lot? Your discernment will let you know that before you bring them up into your actual door of your estate. And we can walk through the, the proverbial rooms from there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Beautifully said. And I love the piece that you mentioned about coaching as well. It's like, I worked with three coaches. It was a little bit too much to be honest, (laughs) (laughs) you know, all in (laughs) at one time. And I love them all dearly Mm -hmm. and they all have their own unique way of coaching. And Mm -hmm. it's really, it's helped me, you know, Mm -hmm. like even if we weren't working on exactly what I was moving into, I was still able to take a lot from them, you know, a lot, a lot. And I just love what you do for women entrepreneurs because they need that. You Thank know, you. They, they need that support and you're recalibrating them. Like, I love that. That's what you said at the beginning of our episode, like super yeah. full circle, because yeah. that's really how it feels. And I, I honestly play around with this idea all the time. Like life is really a recalibration. Yes. <laughs> yes. Cause we're going to be thrown off, you know, and yes, that's why we need the support and we need accountability, you know, which also comes with coaching. And with that being said, can you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and what you offer and all the fun things like that? Yeah. I would say the best thing to do is go to asknikita.com. Um, it's a, the, you hear the hesitation in my voice because Caitlin and I were talking about some of the back end technical things that we were changing over platforms, but it should be ready by the time that you guys hear this. Go to asknikita.com um, and there is a free Joy Map Method uh, webinar. It's a little bit more than 45 minutes, it's an hour. It's totally free and it actually automatically leads you down a rabbit hole of a copy of my free book, uh, Selfish, which is not a how to book, it is literally another deeper way to get past the gate by knowing who I am. It's my survivor memoir, my personal transformation story. So there's a free PDF of that book and it takes you down a little bit further for all of you lovers who are out there. I will uh, give a little context. So I say married women entrepreneur because I'm talking about monogamy. So it's okay if you don't necessarily have gone to a a court hall or wore a white dress or a black dress or whatever else to be (laughs) married. But my expertise is in monogamous relationships. So that's why we use the word marry. So if you're in a monogamous relationship, there is additional freebies and complimentary offers there. And it offer it also takes you all the way through if you're interested to what it looks like to have a complimentary joy activation call with me or another success architect. It's amazing. I love it. I know they'll all be getting in touch and I can't wait to read the free book. I love that. Oh girl, I'll send that to you before we get done this. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I can't wait. I'm like going to print it out and read it this weekend. I send you a hard copy, Caitlin. Stop it. You get a hard copy. (laughs) I'm flattered. I'm so excited. I can't wait to read it. And you know, this has just been such an amazing time having you on. And I feel like we'll definitely do this again soon. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Caitlin. 
you so much for listening to the end in mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.